teachable? Yes, okay. Uh, have one, one, got Carrie over here, he's teachable. <laughs> Hope everybody's teachable. Um, the title of this message is Be Thankful, and we're going to talk about complaining today. Complaining, yeah, ooh. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not an expert at this by no means. Um, I'm an expert at complaining. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. In fact, Jada caught me this morning. I was telling her what my message was, and I was telling her, you know, I put this message together, and I said, I feel like this is one I need to archive and re-teach every year, especially around Thanksgiving, because that's what's on our minds and our hearts right now. And, um, but on the way to church this morning, one of my pet peeves, I mean, the ultimate pet peeve in my life, I don't have road rage, I have road complaints, okay? That's what happens with me. Jay's like, uh-huh. And, but one of my pet peeves is whenever, you know, you're going on a straightaway and somebody's turning left and there's nobody coming for miles in this direction, but they stay in the right lane. Thank you, Travis. I got one somebody saying amen. He's back here going. And they stay in the right lane and they come to a complete stop before they turn. And so it, I'm just trying to teach you all how to drive. Whenever that comes, yeah, get, if there's nobody coming, now if there's somebody coming, why don't want you to get in a head-on collision, but if there's nobody coming, get over into the left lane and let the person that's there go by you. And everybody said amen. And would you know it that the Lord had that happen today as I'm coming to church? And I was like, God, you got a sense of humor because I was already complaining on the way to church, and that's what I'm talking about today. But... Um, if you if you do any studying on this, and I I did this week, um, did a lot of you know Google searching about complaining and everything, but Psychology Today says it's good to complain, to vent, to let off steam, and to air out your frustrations. That's Psychology Today it says it's good to do that. And I'm here to tell you, according to God's word, God says it's not good. No questions asked. And according to God, there is not a right way to complain. <laughs> so we just need to stop complaining. Look at, buddy, look at somebody and say, stop it. Complaining, when you get right down to it, complaining is the language of fear. Okay? Um, and complaining, if you're given over to complaining, complaining is a learned behavior. And if you was raised in a home where there's a lot of complaining going on, you've probably learned it. And uh, you talk like that, and so you're going to have to really work with the Holy Spirit to get that out of your system and out of your heart. And everybody said, amen, and it's possible to get it done. But complaining is the language of fear. It's also complaining is, is a sign that you haven't totally surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. Don't shout me down when I'm teaching good. <laughs> uh, because I don't think there's anybody in this house that's totally surrendered. The only one that was totally surrendered was Jesus the Son of God, okay? But so anytime it comes up a complaint, that's an area that you haven't fully surrendered and letting the, the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Science, get this, science even backs this up. When you complain, you increase your levels of cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, and chronically high levels of cortisol can lead to a variety of health problems, including increased risk of depression, digestive problems, sleep issues, higher blood pressure, and even increased risk of heart disease. Complaining is not good. It's not good. And so if you're taking notes on the back of your bulletin, and I'm, I've got a lot of scripture, if you know me, I share a lot of scripture from God's word. I try to condense it down. 
so I'm not like a fire hose up here. But I need you to turn to two passages of Scripture. I always like to have you turn to something in the New Testament, something in the Old Testament, if you brought your Bibles or your smartphone. So I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 2 and Exodus chapter 16. You can take notes on the back of your bulletin, but I'm glad to send my, my message, you know, the, the PowerPoint to anybody so you can have time if you just want to sit there and listen today and soak this up instead of taking notes. But if you're, if you're an outline person, it's going to be 1, 2, and 3. And then under number two, there's going to be seven points. So I got really ten points today, if you can add that up in your head real quick. So here's the first thing about complaining. God commands against complaining. And this is in the New Testament and the Old Testament. In Philippians 2, verses 14 through 15, this is our main scripture for today. So you may want to memorize this, put it on your refrigerator, put it in your vehicle, wherever you need to see it, put it on your mirror, wherever. It says, do everything. Now, everything encompasses what? Everything. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. And what complaining is, a complaining tongue reveals an unthankful heart. Remember what Jesus said, I believe it's in Matthew 12, he said, out of the bones of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if somebody's given to complaining a lot, a complaining tongue reveals an unthankful heart. And we don't want to be that person. And so Romans 14, verse 23, we want to fill our mouth with faith-filled words, not complaining. So everything that is not based on faith is sin. Romans 14, 23 says that. And then 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. A part of this scripture, or part of this message came from, I had a conversation with Mark over here who oversees our worship here and does a great job. Um, we were talking one day and he said, he said, Pastor, he goes, I've had a, I've had a change of heart here recently. And he said, he goes, I, I was talking to Carrie and he said, I found out that I was really been given to complaining a lot. And when we started just thanking God for what was going on, we started seeing changes. Instead of complaining. Complaining wasn't causing anything to happen. But when we started thanking God and being content right where we were at, things started changing. We saw God moving. It's amazing how that happens. Here's number two. The, the second, and there's going to be seven under here. There's, in Scripture, there's seven consequences of complaining. And here's the first one. Complaining can become a way of life. Have any, anybody know somebody that complains all the time? And I know none of them are here today in the church, right? But you just know somebody that complains all the time. I'll never forget, when I was preparing this message, it's amazing how, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And he was speaking to me personally, convicting me as I was preparing this message. But I was reminded of a story or something that happened to me, an experience, when Matt and I, my brother, we, we grew up here in Leedy, most of you know that, and uh, we worked down here at the Conoco. And in fact, Matt had that Conoco for a while called Matt's Conoco. And so I was there helping him one day. We were working together, and believe it or not, we actually got along and could work together sometimes. Uh, but, as, but one of the things that there was a, and I'm not going to mention his name, but there, and he's no longer around here, but there was an old farmer and rancher that would come in quite often to you know, get a flat fix or get gas, fuel, or something for his pickup. And this gentleman complained every single time when he came to the cash register. He was like, Oh, my gosh, that's too high. Oh, my gosh, that's too high. Every time. And to the point this man complained so much that when Matt and I saw his, his red feed truck coming, okay, we were like, 
uh, you wait on him. No, 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 you wait. I can't stand the guy. Right, here we go. Uh, we were complaining in there who's going to wait on him. And I'm like, this guy just was great on your nerves. And what I want to tell you is that if you're a complainer, nobody's going to tell you this, but you grate on everybody's nerves around you. You get on everybody's. There's a last nerve that everybody has. Okay? <laughs> and so don't be a complainer because you ruin your witness. And I, here's another one. There's a particular person I was thinking of when I was preparing this that I will never go out and eat with the, the, this man, never, uh, because nothing's ever satisfactory to him. He always complains to the waiters and the waitresses, and it's just a drag. I've been out to eat with him maybe a few times in my lifetime. And he's no longer around here, but I'm like, I will never, if you ever invite me to lunch or dinner, I'm not going because you embarrass me. And here's the deal. When you're complaining like that, try doing that and then witnessing to them after the meal. It don't work. It just don't work. And you don't know what's going on in their life. They may be having a hard day that day. They may have somebody pass away and they're, and they're, you just don't know what's going on. So have some grace. And everybody said amen. So we're going to kind of take a jet tour through uh, Exodus and Numbers because we can learn a lot from the children of Israel when they were in their wilderness experience. And they did a lot of complaining in the wilderness after God delivered them out of Egypt when they were in the wilderness before they went in the promised land. They did a lot of complaining, and these people saw God do some awesome miracles. In Exodus 15, 24, it says, Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. So here they are. They're already complaining against Moses. Exodus 16, 2, it says, There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. Everybody's complaining about the pastor, Okay. And he's associate pastor. And then Exodus 16, verse 9 says, Present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. Finally, Moses and Aaron just deliver, him, deliver all the people over to God. God take care of them. Exodus 17, verse 2 says, So once more the people complained against Moses. There's a passage of Scripture. I'm not going to read it, but uh, it's, a pa- it's a passage that every pastor prays. Uh, Moses prayed, God, kill me now. I'm tired of these people. Just kill me. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of pastoring them. Numbers 11, verse 1 says, Soon the people began to complain about their hardship. Okay, they just got delivered out of slavery, and they think it's hard out in the wilderness. Numbers 11, 4, and the people of Israel also began to complain. Are you starting to see that they're complainers? Are you starting to get it? I'm going to go a little bit for, for, further. Numbers 14, I can give you a whole lot more. Numbers 14, 2, they complained. Numbers 14, 27, the Lord said, How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Oh, my gosh. And don't, don't that just make you feel good just reading that? I mean, that was just a Debbie Downer right there, reading those scriptures about they complain, they complain, they complain, they complain against Moses, they complain against God. Here's number two. Complaining distorts our view of reality. They complain so much in the wilderness. I want you to get this, and you need to go back and study this out for yourself in Exodus and Numbers. But they complained so much when they were in the wilderness that they convinced themselves that they wanted to go back to Egypt. That's cray-cray. That's, dumber, that's dumb and dumber, okay? They, they wanted to go. They had convinced themselves. It just, their complaining distorted their view of reality so much that they wanted to go back to slavery. They wanted to go back to prison. I'll never forget this one time. I had a conversation with a person, and uh, they, they had got out of prison or out of jail, and then they told me, and I was ministering to them, and they told me, I want to go back to jail. And it just shocked me. And I was like, you just got out. And they were like, I don't like it out here because in there I got three square meals a day. 
I want to go back. Even though it was slavery, even though it's a prison, it's, you know, you're behind bars, they liked it because at least they knew I'm going to get three meals a day. And that's, just kind, of, that's kind of the situation that the children of Israel were in. In Exodus 16, verses 2 through 3, it says, There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. Okay, they, they distorted the reality of, of what they'd been delivered out of so much they didn't remember that the Egyptians killed their, their male child, their, their male children sometimes. Uh, they had hard taskmasters who beat them with whips. They had, and they had to make a, meet a quota every day on bricks, of building bricks. And if they didn't meet that quota, it was, you know, what to pay for them. They forgot all that. They just thought about, I just remember sitting around that we at least got food. <laughs> you know, their, their stomachs are crying out. Verse, or number three is complaining questions God's care for us and his plans for our lives. Complaining questions God's care for us and his plans for our lives. Now, this is why I wanted you to turn to Exodus 16, verses 7 through 10 is what I'm going to read. And I've been reading all these out of the New Living Translation just because it's a good, um, you know, teaching, paraphrasing this, the scripture so you can understand it. But in Exodus chapter 16, verses 7 through 10, Pastor Moses does a great thing as he tries to show them to get, this is the only cure for complaining. The only cure for complaining is to get into the presence of God. And when you get into the presence of God, suddenly you're not complaining anymore. Your whole, your whole perspective and outlook on life changes. And this is in Exodus 16, verses 7 through 10. It says, In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaints which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, The Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Then Moses said to Aaron, Announce this to the entire community of Israel. Present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out toward the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. The cloud took care of them during the day. If you know this story, in the pillar of fire by night. Uh, some scholars believe that the pillar of fire actually warmed them during those cold wilderness nights. And that the cloud actually shaded them from the sun. So God took care of them. God was taking care of them. And they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. I love it that Moses understood that the only way we're going to get this complaining out of this people and that we get into the promised land is if they understand that it's the God that's leading us in this. And even though they'd already seen the miracles, the awesome miracles that got them out of Egypt, they were still complaining. Here's number four. Complaining focuses on what God isn't doing instead of what God is doing. Complaining focuses on what God isn't doing instead of what God is doing. It's really quiet in here this morning. <laughs> All right, Numbers 11 verse 4 says, Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt, and the people of Israel also began to complain, Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. Okay. Now, I put this scripture in here because when I was reading this, I don't think, I, I mean, I've read this story several times, but some, it's amazing when you read God's word and then something else jumps out at you. And something jumped out at me when I was reading this is foreign rabble. So I had to look that up. 
And so then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain, oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. So I looked up the foreign rabble, and what we don't, what we don't realize is when the children of Israel come out of Egypt, there were some Egyptians and other nationalities that followed them because they saw that their God was God. They were just kind of hanging out with the Israelites. But when they got out there and figured out, you know, I don't know about this God now. We're out here in the wilderness. Moses don't even know where he's going. And this is crazy. There's two million people following Moses out there in this wilderness. And so the foreign rabble start complaining, and then the Israelites start complaining. Now, there's a scripture over in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, that says this. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I just want to say this. Some of you may need to lose some friends, so-called friends, okay? That that's all they do is complain. Maybe you can minister to them and talk to them about it, but if they're just totally given to complaining, sometimes you just need to, mm, Facebook, unfriend, <laughs> you know? And it's okay because that's tearing your character down. You're going to start acting like that if you stay around them. And so some of you are like, no, by gosh, I'm going to witness to them. And I'm going to, no, I, I, I hope you can. But if that continues, then maybe the thing that you need to do is pray for them. Okay? Just pray for them and unfriend. <laughs> All right, Psalm 78, verses 18 through 21. It says, they stubbornly tested God in their hearts, demanding the foods they craved. They even spoke against God himself, saying God can't give us food in the wilderness. Yes, he can strike a rock so water gushes out, but he can't give his people bread and meat. When the Lord heard them, he was furious, and the fire of his wrath burned against Jacob. Yes, his anger rose against Israel. I'm going to say this, and this is still true in the New, Test in the New Testament, even though we're on the other side of the cross. God, what upsets God the most in the, in his, the lives of his children as a, as a father is when all we do is complain. If we're just given to complaining, he's like, you know, and here's the deal. If, if you're going through a bad season, one of those seasons, you know, that's it, it just, you know, there's nothing really to thank God about, you can thank God for your salvation, and that's the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. You always have something to be thankful for, thanking for your salvation. And then in Numbers 11, verses 18 through 20, it says, Tell the people, consecrate, <laughs> I just... This one cracked me up, okay, guys? This is in the Word of God, okay? This is how much God got tired of their complaining. You ready to read this? God's got a sense of humor. I love God. Numbers 11, 18 through 20. Tell the people, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat. The Lord heard you when you wailed. If only we had meat to eat, we were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat, and you will eat it. You will not eat it for just one day or two days or five, ten, or twenty, but for a whole month. Now watch this. Ready to watch this? Until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it. <laughs> That's God speaking to the children of Israel. Because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have welled before him saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? God, I love God. I love his sense of humor. And if you go back and read this story, I don't have time to you know, go into all those scriptures, but God sent quail into the camp. All right, And the Bible says that he sent so much quail into the camp that it was all, I mean, it was all around the camp. And like, they were, quail was flying three feet off, off the ground, and they just said, go out there and gather what you need. And they had so much quail that it, it literally was coming out of their nostrils, okay? 
They got sick of meat. God took care of them. Here's a, and it's, it's a funny story, but it's in the Bible. It's, I'm going to give you so much meat, it's going to start coming out your nostrils. Uh, have you ever been that way as a parent? You know, when your kid's just complaining, all right, I'm going to give you what you're asking for, and I'm going to give you so much of it, you're going to be sick of it. That's exactly what God did. Okay, number five, complaining, if you're given to complaining, what complaining does, it fosters unbelief. And in Numbers 13, verses 31 through 32, it says, but the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against, against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes up to live there. All the people we saw were huge. You know what was in the, in the, in the land that day? It was giants. Okay, you don't hear this taught, um, you know, in school or in our history. It's nowhere even in our history books, and it needs to be. But they fought giants. I'm going to tell you, a lot of people, in the, I'm going to take a little sidebar here. Can I take a little sidebar for just a little bit? Is I had somebody in our congregation years ago ask me something, and, and it made me start really digging into this subject because, you know, we, just, we read stories in the Bible and we just take it surface value and this lady asked me one time, she goes, Mark, she goes, I just don't know if I can serve a God that kills people. Because she goes, all I see in the Old Testament is him killing people, you know. And uh, I was like, well, yeah, he did. You know, he, he, told people, he, he even told some of them, kill them all. Right here, you know, he's telling them to go ahead and take the promised land. Don't have time. One of these days, there's a seed war going on. This is a whole other message. And it comes back to the book of Genesis and uh, there's offspring from God, and there's offspring from the enemy. I don't know how it happened, okay, uh, before the flood, and even after the flood, I don't know how it happened, but there were fallen angels that cohabitated with women, is what the Bible says, and produced an offspring called giants. That's why in our, even in our, our myth, you know, Greek mythology, I don't think a lot of that's myth. I think there's a lot of truth to it about they, they were superhuman, you know. But here's the deal. They, were cre- they weren't created by God. And so whenever they die, where does their spirit go? Everybody with me on this sidebar? When Jesus came on the scene, when Jesus came on the scene, the Bible says that, and there are still fallen angels too, okay? But when Jesus came on the scene, and I, and I hope you trust your pastor's study of this, is when Jesus came on the scene, there's something in the Gospels that you'll see a lot, as it said, he, he cast out the unclean spirit. I was like, what's an unclean spirit? Well, the unclean spirit goes back to the giants. And they're trying to find a place. They're, what they're trying to do, what they tried to do from the book of Genesis is destroy the bloodline that they knew that God was going to come through. They were trying to muddy the waters, so to speak. Okay, that was just, that's for free this morning, by the way. Okay. And I know that gets deep, but that, that tells you why God brought a flood, okay? And um, I, I'm going to stop right there, okay? But I'm giving you enough to whet your appetite that you need to study that out for yourself, okay? But this is um, Numbers 14, 1 through 3. It says, Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. God, lay these guys. Why has the Lord taken us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? 
they don't know if any of that stuff's going to happen. God's told them, I'm going to give you the promised land, and here they are, you know, if we go in there, they're going to kill us, and they're going to take our kids, and they're going to take our wives, and blah, blah, blah. Here, you know, they're just crying and moaning and complaining. And here's the next one, number six. Complaining gives voice to demonic wisdom. Complaining gives voice to demonic wisdom. Oh, it's real quiet in here today. Numbers 14, verses 3 through 4 says, Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? James 3, 15. There they are complaining. It's inspired by the enemy, that, that complaining, that voice. James 3, 15 says, A lot of complaining comes from jealousy and selfishness. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. So complaining comes from that. Let me tell you this, another way to say this. The Bible says in Psalms 22, verse 3, that God inhabits the what? The praises of his people, okay? And I'm going to tell you what the devil inhabits and demonic, the, the demonic inhabits is complaining. That's what they inhabit. So that, that ought to tell you it's enough to just shut up. Lord, let the spirit of shut up come on me. And then some of you are going to, have to you're going to start fasting your words. You're going to realize you had not talked for three days. Amen? Because <laughs> that's all you do is complain. Uh, here's number seven. Number seven, complaining gives voice to things that diminish or even destroy our future. I want you to watch this. This is Numbers 14, verses 26 through 30. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in this wilderness. How would you like God to tell you that? You're just going to drop dead because all you do is complain. Because you complained against me, every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in this registration will die. God just said... Here's the deal. The Red Sea generation died in their complaints in the wilderness. You will not enter and occupy the land, I swore to you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and, the, and Joshua, the son of Nun. The reason why they, they were the exceptions is because they spoke in faith. There was, there was 12 spies that went in to spy the land. Ten of them came back with a good report complaining causing the two million people to not inherit their promises because they listened to him. Bad company corrupts good character. But two guys still had faith. And Caleb, I love Caleb. That's why we name our kids Caleb and Joshua. Got a Joshua in here this morning. That's why we name them that, because they were the men of faith. They had a different spirit about them is what the Bible says. Caleb was 85 years old when he came into the promised land. He said, you know what? I'm still able to take that mountain, and I'm taking it. And he did. It's awesome. It's awesome when you read the Word of God. Proverbs 18, verse 21. I hope that you're getting this this morning. We've got to start training our mouths. The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. But it's not just, it's not just make, yeah, you've got to make a choice, but you've got to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need a heart change. I want to just, in my heart, I just want to be thankful. I want to be a thankful person, not a complainer. Proverbs 12, verse 13 says, The wicked are trapped by their own words, but the godly escape such troubles. Your mouth can set you free or hold you in bondage. Number three, here's a course correction of complaining, and I hope you're getting this today, my little summary today. 
is I want you to recognize the damage complaining does in your life. I hope you're seeing that through the children of Israel. I mean, they complained so much that it not only diminished their future, it destroyed it. The next one is, and Jade and I did this this morning on the way here. We were praying and repenting of complaining. That was after the guy then turned left, right? I was repenting of complaining. Sometimes we just need to repent of complaining. And you, you know what? You're going to walk out of here today and something's going to happen. You're going to start complaining. Just I, I pray that you're so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, arrest me when I do that, and I'm just going to repent and go on and receive his grace and go on. And, and that's what's called renewing your mind according to the word of God. And then as you're doing that, you're going to reshape your response to life like Mark told me about. He's like, I'm reshaping my response to life right now. And what I'm doing is being thankful. And when I started doing that, I started seeing God move. Here's the deal. God was moving all the time, but he couldn't see it the, the time before because he was complaining. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt and the cap and the ink pen. Okay? Um, so I'm going to end with this scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. It says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful. Everybody say, be thankful. And it says, in all circumstances... For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Look at somebody and say, Be thankful. I love, and you're going to hear the wisdom. As I was studying complaining, I came across an article that was in the Daily Oklahoman, and I believe it was back in April of 2010, if memory serves me right. And it was somebody that had interviewed a bunch of children about being thankful, okay, and about complaining. And I loved, there was a lot of great responses from different kids, but there was a little girl, and her name was Sarah, doesn't give her last name. All it says is that back in 2010, so she'd be, she'd be 20 now, but at the age of 10, she had this kind of wisdom. I want you to let her know she'd be 22 now, is when you're tempted to complain, this is what she says, think of a cake, says Sarah age 10. God put us in particular circumstances for a reason. Everything God does is for a reason. A lot of bad things can come together to make one big good thing. Like when you make a cake, everything you put in it is not always going to be good by itself. It may be raw eggs right now, but the icing is on its way. <laughs> and I thought that is so good because Romans eight twenty eight says God causes all things to work to the good. So when you're in a circumstance that you're finding a hard time to be thankful and you're wanting to complain, just remember God's making a cake. God's making a cake. It may, and it may look like raw eggs right then. And uh, it may not taste very good what you're going through, but just know this, that God's putting all the ingredients together to make something good come out of it, and the icing is on its way. And everybody said, Amen. I want everyone to bow your heads in here this morning. And the one thing that we can be thankful for, for sure, is God's son, Jesus, and for him coming to this earth, dying on the cross for our sins, so that we can receive forgiveness of our sins and be children of the Most High God and walk this life and enjoy life, enjoy our families, and then one day go to heaven and then all of our family come with us and we're going to spend all of eternity in heaven because of Jesus coming here and going to the cross. And that's the one thing that we can all be thankful for today. Thanking him for our salvation. 
And if you're here today and you're not for sure that if you're saved or you've never prayed this prayer, you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, not only just not just adding to your life, but ask him to take over your life and be the Lord of your life, I want to have the honor and the privilege to lead you in this prayer. It's called the prayer of salvation. And even if you are saved here today, I want you to repeat this prayer with him. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God. And you died on the cross for me. And rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins. And create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said amen. If it's the first time you've prayed that prayer, your very next step of obedience is following the Lord in water baptism. And we can fill that holy hot tub up is what we call it and get that done next Sunday if you'd like to do that or whatever day that you would like. The other thing that I, I'm going to close with today is um, when I was studying this week, and I've been, I've been really pressing into something and asking the Lord, God, I, I lead me and guide and direct me at church. I, I love teaching your word. I love, even though it was quiet in here, I could see some light bulbs turning on today. And um, I love teaching God's word. That's what he called me to do. But one of the things I noticed in Scripture is in the Gospels is whenever, wherever Jesus went, wherever um, he taught, whether it was in the synagogue, on the streets, marketplace, wherever he was at, um, wherever he preached and taught the Word of God, um, he healed the sick. He prayed for people that were sick. And so I want to do that today before we leave. And, um, and so if there's, and I feel like there was a word of knowledge that God gave me this week as I was preparing this, um, and it came through the Word, and it was in that first scripture that we read in Philippians 2, and it says that, that God says this. He says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. And so I was just looking at, you know, the crooked and, the crooked and perverse, where the crooked really stood out at me, and that's... Um, in the Greek, that's also where we get the word scoliosis from, crooked, a crooked back. And so if, if you're here today and you're, you're going through, you have scoliosis or, or you have some, I'm just going to make it even bigger than that, some back problems, I want you to come up here and all I'm going to do is do what the Word says. The Bible says to lay hands on people, anoint them with oil, and, uh, and the prayer of faith will, will heal. And so if you're here today and you're, you have scoliosis or any kind of back problems, I want you to come up here and stand because I'm going to pray for you before we go. And I want everybody to stay here. I'm not going to dismiss yet because whenever we're doing things like this, it's a, we're praying a prayer of faith, and these ones are coming, so we're going to pray corporately. And everybody said amen, right? We're going to pray corporately. This is what Jesus did. Everywhere he went, he healed people. He healed the sick, and we believe in we believe in healing is today, and um, and I've had some back problems in my life, and it's no fun, and um, 
it's pretty debilitating, and so I want to pray for them. I'm just anoint with oil. Jada's going to be with me, and we're going to pray together for you guys. And it's just going to be real simple. Just going to go down. This is the Lord is going to be doing the healing, okay? And so we're just going to do what the Word says and lay hands on people, anoint them with oil, and pray the prayer of faith, okay? All right. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for Julie. I thank you for uh, her friendship, God, just uh, who you've created her to be. And God, she came up here today uh, standing and believing for healing for her back. And so, God, I'm praying for every vertebrae, every joint, God, just to line up with your word today the way that you created it. God, I just, uh, I just sense in my spirit that there's going to be several up here that they're going to walk out of here feeling taller today because you're just loosening up some things, some inflammation, some things that are going on in the back area. And, God, you're just bringing healing to Julie right now in Jesus' name. We just pray the prayer of faith. We anoint her with oil. And, Holy Spirit, we thank you for healing uh, healing Julie today in Jesus name amen thank you Lord Father I thank you for grace thank you for this little girl she just blesses my heart so much God she's just a little worshiper and then she's always out here taking notes and just uh, uh, she's being raised in the in a good home in the right home and uh, just thank you for little grace and she's up here to pray for her back and so God we just we just lay hands on grace and anoint her with oil and we pray healing over her back right now in Jesus' name. Just, Lord, every vertebrae, every joint, God, uh, every disc, God, uh, is being healed right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for Nalina today. We pray healing over her back as well. God, the inflammation to go in the name of Jesus. God, just straightening to her back, to every vertebrae, to every joint. God is in just that blood flow to every joint. We know that your word says that life is in the blood. And so, God, I just pray that that blood flow just happen everywhere in her back where it needs to go. And we just thank you for healing Nalina right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for Clark. Thank you for my brother-in-law, God. He's standing up here and, and praying for healing for his back. And so, God, I just pray healing over his back. I know he does a lot of hard physical labor out in the oil field. And so, God, I pray your hedge protection about him at all times. God, I pray for his back, every, every vertebrae, every joint, every disc, God, uh, just every, everything to line up with the Word of God. And so, God, I just thank you and praise you for healing Clark right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for Wes. God, I thank you for this man of God, and I just pray healing over him today, God. We anoint him with oil. We pray the prayer of faith. We lay our hands upon him. And, God, I thank you that you're healing his back from his neck all the way down, God. In the name of Jesus, his spine is fine in Jesus' name. And so, God, I just thank you that you're healing him right now, God, in Jesus' name. Every disc, every vertebrae, God, and just that blood's flowing everywhere where it needs to go and releasing that inflammation in Jesus' name, and we just give you praise for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for Travis. God, I know there's been times where him and I both have been down in our backs together. And, Lord, I just pray that uh, no more pinched nerves in Jesus' name. Pray, Lord, for the, the shift to go on in his body where, where uh, you know, maybe it's a hip being out of line. God, that you're lining him up right now in Jesus' name. God, you're the ultimate chiropractor. 
Lord. Christ is our chiropractor. And so, God, I thank you and praise you that you're just bringing healing to his back. Uh, Father, all the way down his spine, God, every vertebrae, every disc, God, every joint, God, the inflammation is leaving right now in Jesus' name. God, the blood is flowing to every place it needs to go. And so, God, we just thank you and praise you that you're healing Travis right now. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, guys, now we've prayed the prayer of faith. Now you just got to receive it and go with it. Amen. Just say, I am healed. Okay? Now don't do something crazy and go jump off something because the pastor said you're healed. Okay? But just receive that by faith and use wisdom. Um, God calls us to, to, to use wisdom as well. But you are healed. And everybody said, Amen. All right, I want everybody to stand up and join hands with the person there next to you. We're going to go out with the blessing today, and uh, I'm going to speak this blessing over you. If you've never been here before, this blessing comes out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. This is what Moses was told to, to speak over the children of Israel uh, by God himself, and this is just kind of an extended version of it. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said, Amen. Hug somebody's neck and say, Be thankful. Be thankful.